0: What up world? And welcome back to another episode of the Seeds of Success podcast. It's your host Colin Walters and I'm very excited for our show today. We have a live interview with a good friend of mine, a former colleague, uh, my former manager, uh, Rachel Snyder. And Rachel is based out of Bellevue, Washington and she works within the, the technology in SaaS industry. For those of you that don't know, SaaS stands for software as a service and she has a specialized focus in business development and for those of that are unfamiliar business development is essentially the the bridge between sales operations and marketing to help sellers create and close new business close deals and and win more um, she has, she actually started as a as a bdr a business development representative at Nintex, where she is currently at, and she worked her way up through management roles. She progressed into leadership roles, where she now is the director of global business development for all of Nintex and oversees a team of of 30 individuals, SDRs, BDRs, VPs, um, spanning the globe from Australia to London, Thailand, Singapore, all of North America I'm probably forgetting some more, but um, she has grown a a very successful business within the business, which is super cool. And she also has a, a passion for helping individuals break into the tech industry. So if you have any interest at all or have thought about it in the past, reach out to her. She is a wealth of knowledge. She is phenomenal to talk to. She has helped a lot of people, including myself, get and break into the industry and do it successfully. And so she would be a, a great resource for you. Um, when she is not helping individuals progress in their careers within the tech industry and SaaS industry, Rachel is, can be found hanging out with family, friends, and almost even more so hanging out with, uh, her, her husband, Miles and their, their baby, uh, Corgi, who's not so much a baby anymore. Um, but Darby and, She also has an an obsession with plants, and you'll learn a little bit more about that. Tap into her creative side into this week's episode and what some of those interests are. And so without further ado, we'll go ahead and hand this show over to our interview between myself and Rachel Snyder. All right, here we go. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on to the Seeds of Success podcast. It's a pleasure to have you and happy Thursday, Rachel. It's good to see you.
1: Happy Thursday. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, this was an exciting episode, everybody, and and one that I was really looking forward to because, quite honestly, like I would not be in the position that I am right now if it wasn't for this woman right here and reason being Rachel was the reason that I got into the tech industry. She is a huge reason why I have been successful. And, you know, basically why I was able to, um, you know, make my way through being an SDR and and breaking into the tech world and and SaaS industry, and then getting promoted to an, an account executive and doing the podcast like Rachel is a huge reason why I'm even here. And so it is uh, it's an honor and it's a privilege to um, have you on the show, call you a friend. So Rachel, uh, Rachel Snyder, which um, yes. <laughs> I can call you now. Um, welcome to the show. And if you wouldn't mind go ahead and introducing yourself for for the audience, that'd be awesome, Rachel.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, it's funny. It took two years of trying to recur you over and then finally, we made it happen. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was really fun working with you. I know I had been at Nintex for a bit before you had joined. So uh, I originally joined Nintex as a BDR, um, pretty similar to the role you had done. But kind of what happened before you had joined was I was ultimately one of a couple people at the time doing the BDR role, uh, much smaller of an organization. Then we didn't have much process or as many tools as we have now. So it was really just building things up from the ground up, figuring out what worked, what didn't work, breaking some stuff, fixing a lot of stuff, and um, and ultimately just growing out that team uh, year over year, expanding um, over to different regions and expanding the team, the footprint in the U.S. too. Uh, so, yeah, starting with just, I think, me and one other rep at the time when I had joined up to now we have about 30 people globally. So grown quite a bit um in the last like six and a half to seven years
0: and it you know having been a part of that I've been there for the growth was there for the growth I was you know up until I left I was I was there as as the whole thing was growing as you were building the the teams out and for everybody that is listening to this episode Rachel um I am going to assume that there's a couple things one, they, they know you and, and they know what you've done and are interested in, in you and hearing what you have to say as a leader, um, you know, in, in, in tech, in SaaS. But also, I'm going to assume that people are interested for the sales side of our conversation, business development, leadership. And for those who are listening that don't even, you know, know the first thing of, about sales and business, I think that it would be helpful to even just take a quick step back and, um, you know, be... And, and really describe what is a BDR for those that don't even know, yeah. uh, you know, cause that's where you started in, in mm-hmm. the world. There's probably people listening that are thinking about trying to break into the tech industry. Maybe they're right. with the idea. Maybe they're just trying to get better in sales within their industry. Um, I know we'll jump into some personal development stuff here at, at some point yeah. be something for everybody in this episode. I mean, let's just take a step back. What is a what is a BDR and and how the heck did you even get started there?
1: Yeah, so it was it it popped up to me through a referral from a friend, uh, Claire. But I think what is helpful context now looking back, which I hope more people can understand, especially people who are trying to get into tech, is that it's really a good entry level position, regardless of if you're experienced in other types of um industries prior to that but it's a good way to get your foot in the door to get into tech and really get a landscape of the type of uh SaaS companies that are out there how they operate not just in the sales side of it cuz not everyone ends up going into sales but understanding what is marketing it's not just posting on Instagram and and that side of things it's much more complex from Google ads to managing a tech stack and things like that so I think uh, in terms of the day-to-days, it's basically for a BDR, you're managing the inbound inquiries that are coming in from the website. Uh, The terminology may vary from company to company. So you'll hear BDR, SDR, but oftentimes there's one role that does the inbound. So they're screening to see, are these people a potential fit for your business? Uh, And if so, passing it over to the sales team. Now, the SDR role, which is what you had joined as, is uh, primarily outbound focused. so trying to generate uh, interest out of almost thin air. Sometimes we have some intent data, but uh, ultimately our jobs, BDR or SDR, is to identify opportunities for the sales team and just getting those teed up so that, yeah, they have more at-bats as sellers.
0: And so having started as a bdr right you got into the tech industry and thank you for um thank you for outlining that for people that weren't familiar um and but when you started there did you have a vision for where you wanted to go and did you have a like a a plan for how you wanted to progress in your career and and obviously you know you started as a, a bdr Actually, for those that don't know, you started it at, really at Nordstrom's, um, doing technically, on yes. car sales.
1: Technically,
0: yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> that was a
1: straight out of college job. Yeah. Tried to go corporate, w- wasn't wasn't in retrospect. It just wasn't aligned with my core values and mm-hmm. um, passions of mine. Good foundation, but yet yeah, technically that was where it started. And then um, after about a year or so post college, doing that, that's when I got. Um, the referral into Nintex.
0: Yeah. And and why did you say yes to getting into Nintex?
1: Honestly, it boiled down to, I had asked Claire, I didn't, to be honest, know much about the tech. The tech was uh, very confusing to me at that moment in time. Okay. I, I ended up figuring it out by the time I signed. But what was most interesting to me was, do you enjoy like waking up every morning and doing what you do? And do you enjoy the people that you work with and the person you report to? And that was all I cared about at that time um, because I didn't feel like in some instances, I didn't have some of those things in my prior role. Um, I didn't feel like I was having the opportunity to really blossom or if I had ideas, they were shut down without any explanation as to why. Uh, and so, yeah, that that was the main reason that drove me to want to join Intex.
0: And I I think that's that's such a huge reflection point that I think people can take away that that are listening to this episode. Are you enjoying what you're doing when you wake up every day, right? And and of course, there's going to be days where you don't absolutely love every second of every day. That's with anything that we do. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are things that just need to get done. And there are, but for the most part, are you enjoying what you're doing 80% of the time, right? And almost- even at least for me. And, and I think, you know, based on what you just said, I think it's equally important for you, but who are you working with and yeah. who are yeah. you learning from and, and working under? Because those are huge, like who you are interacting with every day. And, you know, at, in preparation for this episode, I was feeling super grateful for the people that I've worked with and worked for in, in my life, the mentors that I've had. And, and specifically Rachel, I, I, really loved my time coming into Nintex, working with our team and the people at the organization and working for you and and, and learning from you. And I think that is such a, an important aspect for when individuals and, and people are, you know, taking a moment to evaluate where they're at in life, um, where they're at with their careers, with their jobs, if they're looking to make a change and really evaluating their top priorities. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, well, first I'm i I'm glad that you brought that up because it was something I, I wanted to touch on. And, and so, and I'm curious, like when you, you know, as you continued progressing, um, how did you continue to evolve with, with the people that, that you were working with, with the people that you're working under, um, were you continuing to, um, you know, how how did you see that your career progressing? Like as you finally got in there with those as your top priorities?
1: Yeah. You mentioned earlier too, like, did I have a vision for where I thought my career was going to be? The honest answer is no. (laughs) I I think at the time I thought, Oh, I'll be an account manager. That's what everyone else has done. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did the things to progress in that way. And I ultimately hit a fork in the road where, My manager at the time uh, basically said, hey, do you want to pursue leadership or do you want to pursue uh, the sales side? I think you could do great at both, but it's up to you to decide. And I felt more drawn to the leadership side because I felt like the opportunity I had in front of me was still so great. Like I could still see so much growth in the business development space because it was so honestly neglected, like it was kind of an afterthought. And so I, I thought that if I could put gasoline on the fire, it could really grow into something great, expand, you know, new roles, um, we'd reach new uh, industries and help significantly impact our team's pipeline. And so for me, that was kind of the initial path forward. Um, but it's interesting, because I think as a woman, I, I kind of understand now better that I should have asked for promotions at the time, but the reality was I didn't. And they were given to me because my work was recognized. Mm. But I think now looking back, I'm like, man, I, I would give different advice to people, I would ask them to try to, you know, shoot for that recognition and the titles that they want. But to be honest with you, I, I just had gotten recognized for my work and, and it helped me rise in my career.
0: I, I think it's an important uh, point that you make. And it was something that somebody at Nintex had told me as well. Uh, it was Amanda, actually, who, you know, when we were talking about next steps, growth, um, development within our career, what are those next steps going to be? Is that you got to make it known. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're, if you got your eyes set on something and yeah. which, you know, maybe not everybody does, kind of like you were just mentioning, you didn't quite know what that path was going to be exactly. But, but when you do, It's it's important to make it known and have those conversations with people around you, with people that are in positions to, you know, that have authority to Mm -hmm. provide the assistance to get you to that next step. And then, you know, when everybody knows, right? We called it at Nintex, be the no-brainer. And still, still live by that to this day. It was something that was taught to myself and us early on was to be the no-brainer when that opportunity presents itself. And part of that is people need to know what you're coming for and and what you want to do and because mm-hmm. nobody's gonna advocate for you like you and yeah. I think that's that's the bottom line and and so um last last point I want to make that that you touch on is is taking action towards a a direction that you're interested in and know you want to go without knowing the full vision is totally okay yeah. You know, and in my I,
1: case, they created a whole new role, like it didn't exist, and that's what was more challenging. Is I'm like, okay, well, if I'm investing time and energy into this direction, where I know that we don't have enough support, mm-hmm. I can no one can guarantee me that a role would exist. But I was fortunate to have a strong mentor, leader, manager who kept pushing for that, and he recognized before I was able to recognize that that was a common. Uh, vertical and a lot of other industries, we just had been m- not yet mature enough to have that in our uh, organization. So he slowly kind of paved the way, but gave me the tools. And like over time, I started to recognize, like, oh, okay, this is a career path that I could work towards. Mm.
0: And you're you're saying specifically that that business development oh, manager yeah. role, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, and and even to the details of like this is the titles that they use, and like when we get to that place, whether it be a year from now, here's the right way to like formulate the, the title so that it's, you know, going to help you out in your career long-term.
0: It's cool. It sounds uh, kind of like, you know, for business terms, like a scrappy startup type of mindset, right? Like get in without, um, you know, the crystal clear vision, but just continue figuring it out. And yeah. that's in a progressive direction. Um, how long did it take for you to feel like you really got a a hang of that new role? And like, how did, how did that, like a
1: leadership role or the BDR role?
0: Like the, the BDR manager role. So when you decided, Mm -hmm. so just to take a a quick step back, right, you were thinking sales or management. Basically that was the conversation. Hey, Rachel, which, which route do you want to go? You chose Mm -hmm. management. Um, and so then, you know, now it's okay, let's figure out titles. Now it's let's figure out how many uh, people to have in each role? Do we, how do we do outbound with inbound? And uh, yeah. like, did you ever feel, did you feel like every day was just totally something different? And like, when did you feel like you were kind of in a groove and and um, like like things were clicking for you?
1: It's hard to say because I think, I would say today, yes, I feel like I'm in my groove, but that's not to say I don't have new challenges that I face all the time like week over week, like even this week hit a new uh, experience I haven't been dealt with yet. But um, but I don't know, I think you get comfortable after a while. I think that first like initial transition is challenging, because I went from being peers to managing my peers. Mm -hmm. So that was the first leap of, okay, this is new, this is different. How do I navigate this? And then Um, managing people who are older than me. At one point in time, I was the youngest person, yet I was managing a team of a bunch of people older than me. So it's kind of the imposter syndrome of, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: am I the best person for this job? But then kind of realizing, no, I have the right experience, but going back and forth with that. Uh, But at every stage of different scope of leadership, it's just now level setting. Okay. I've mastered ish, you know, the, the previous part of my responsibilities, but now I have this whole new responsibilities of managing people in Europe. I'm new to understanding business in Europe. So now I got to like up level and understand that part of my business. So I'm still uncomfortable, but like, I will get there in time. So it's like, there's not really a point in time where I feel like you master and you feel super confident, you feel confident in a section and then you take on the next section.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think that's the bottom line is being, you know, kind of like super cliche, but being comfortable in those uncomfortable, uh, different aspects of the job, right? Like you're yeah. not going to always have everything figured out
1: and I they get more comfortable over time too.
0: those the uncomfortable, the
1: uncomfortable becomes more comfortable over time.
0: How did you get over if you ever did, and and I know that, you know, speaking from myself, I still, and, and I think a lot of people can experience imposter syndrome. I think that's a, a big thing that you just brought up and it's very real. You know, I stand up here. I'm like, who am I to even have this podcast? Right. Like who, who am I to like speak to seeds of success? Right. When, you know, i just turned 30 and, um, you know, like there's still so much doubt that can creep in, with anything that we're doing, whether it be business or relationships or um, fitness, like whatever journey you're on and aspect of life, like how how did you handle that as a, as a leader when managing either people that you felt were more uh, tenured or older than you? Is that something that you just continue to um, like? How did you actually go go about handling that mentally?
1: Yeah, so I think in the beginning. I leaned on the resources that were provided to me, meaning like my managers, I had uh, a coach Bill Zip who I worked with and they would kind of validate me and I would seek validation to it. Be like, Hey, I'm running into this. What do you think about how the way I'm handling it? Should I do it differently? And, um, and I'd get validated. Like, no, the way you initially thought it through was right. Um, and then outside of that, I went out of my way to go seek validation almost from external resources. So like I reached out to, um, an organization called 81 cents to understand, like, based off my experience and my, um, tenure, a bunch of different factors, uh, basically it would be sent out to other organizations doing similar type of work, similar roles type of thing. And they would tell me, is my compensation fair or, Helping me basically to like package up my negotiation. So I also worked with a company called She Negotiates, who also coached me and helped me understand my own worth and build the self-confidence to say, other people doing the same job are making this much. Here's what I bring to the table and like validate that for me to say, no, like I I am the best person fit for this job. I should be compensated at this, um, in this way, at this much, and um. I think now later in my career, I'm trying to not seek that validation from other people and try to find it within me, which has been a unique challenge. But, um, but yeah, I think either seeking it from others or constantly reminding myself and of what, what has happened to fuel me for what's to come.
0: And I think that's, it's real validation too. You know, it's self validation and external validation through things that are real. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I think sometimes we can just play down our accomplishments or play down who we are, things we've done. And so I, that's one thing I've always appreciated about you is that you're very resourceful as well. And, you know, it's, it's never just sitting back and thinking about things, but actually going and being resourceful, taking action, reaching out to these organizations and, you know, external parties to actually work through these things uh, proactively and it's something I've I've always appreciated. And so
1: Thank
0: um, you. yeah. Well, and and props to you, Rachel. It's been, it's been really cool to see how far you have come. How many uh people are you are are actually like working under you at this point when, you know, running business development globally for Nintex. Um, you know, managing, I, I know you've been over to Australia a couple of times and London and and, you know, you've gone from a BDR without any vision to the <laughs> uh, director of global business development. And, and it's really cool, Rachel. Um, Appreciate like, it. Yeah. How, what, uh, what are you currently working on? How many, um, people are, you are actually reporting to you? How, like, how is your current situation going?
1: So at the moment we have um, four, or I have four managers. I have two in the U.S. One that does um, strictly inbound, one that does outbound, and then uh, they have their teams as well. And then uh, in London, I have a manager who oversees our inbound and outbound team. And then I have another manager um, in uh, based out of Melbourne, Australia, who uh, again oversees the inbound and outbound team, but. All up, we're sitting around 25 to 30 people. Um, It's always kind of shifting, people getting promoted, moving around. So that's where we're at.
0: And you mentioned, um, you know, always going through interview processes. I know you mentioned going through that currently. For people listening in, for people watching right now that are either going through interview processes themselves or perhaps they're thinking about going through some rounds of interviews, or they're wondering how they could have done better um, in previous interviews, what are some things as a leader, and, and as you know, a, um, um, I would say an, an expert interviewer at, at this point in time, what are some things that you look for in candidates? And what are some um, characteristics that you might look for, or some things that stand out typically? Um, yeah, what, what are some of your your thoughts on like, how people can actually, you know, find success in that interview process?
1: Yeah, I think if I were in their shoes right now, I think first off, I would be very selective, kind of like a a few approach as opposed to a many in terms of how many companies you want to apply to. Um, because I know I empathize a lot of people have been laid off recently, and they maybe are frantically trying to find a new role. But I think you'll have more success if you really boil down, take a second, think about what are the Attributes or the uh, about the company, the role, the team that you really care about the most, and find those organizations maybe it's five or less and really invest your energy in those in terms of sending the thank you letters post interview or reaching out to those people who are part of the hiring team on LinkedIn to express your um, eagerness and excitement to learn more about the role. Um, because I think it shows oftentimes when people are doing a mass application, and then you show up to the call, you really don't even know what you're applying for. Um, so, and I think in turn, if you do that homework, you'll have many more questions to ask the people that you meet with um, in in your interviews. Uh, because for me, people who don't have any questions at the end, I think it gets brought up a lot. But to me, it's like, if you really want to envision yourself in that role, you should have some types of questions for everyone that you speak to because each of them has such a unique experience that they've gone through um and don't overthink it just genuinely like try to get to know the person what their experience has been like uh, at the organization tips they would give to a new hire you know whatever it is like always come with some type of question to the person that you're interviewing um i think beyond that just be authentic i think oftentimes a lot of people think that you have to put on this show and only showcase the best parts of yourself. But I think the other side of it is when things didn't go your way or you had a big failure, it's not bad that that happened, but what did you do after? And so oftentimes that's an area where I focus a lot of my interviews on and see how people articulate that to me of what they did after those low moments. Mm -hmm. Did they work to find ways to not repeat that? Or did they, grovel and make excuses and try to deflect blame to other people um, or they just straight up avoid <laughs> avoid the question altogether so my tip is just yeah be authentic and um and be yourself and um and yeah ask, ask good questions
0: yeah ask good questions i think that's that's so big right and at least coming prepared with with two three questions minimum um you know don't let the time. Ever end early, I would say.
1: Yeah. And just be genuinely curious. Yeah. Like if, if you're really invested in getting in this role, like you want to enjoy it, you know, like ask about work-life balance, you know, whatever it is that you care about, ask those questions. So um yeah, I just especially recently I've been in a lot of interviews in the years where people have nothing by the time they reach my interview. Granted, they've spoken with a couple people prior, but um, but you're going to, even if you ask the same question, sometimes to different people, like, what do you enjoy most about working in tech, whatever it is, you're going to get different answers from everybody. So there's really not much of an excuse unless you have the time to not get through, you know, some kind of questions.
0: Totally. And, and I think like, to your point, asking questions, coming prepared with questions, doing your homework, you know, reaching out prior to the interview or post interview with the thank you. I think that showcases we're talking sales and business development that showcases your skills right there and Mm -hmm. that's already showcasing you know the the characteristics of you as a professional um you know as part of your interview process and so I Mm -hmm. think those are great points I think being genuine and being authentic like you mentioned is so big and just I mean people are going to gravitate towards a a a real curious you and so Mm -hmm. I you, you also mentioned some things um not to do and i was are there are there like some you know definitive i know you mentioned like um you know don't not have questions don't let the time run out but also um do you, is there anything that is like a absolute deal breaker and this is totally off the uh off the cuff here I, I, you know i'm putting mm-hmm. you on the spot a little bit but i'm i'm curious is there something where you like you'll hear and be like oh you know i'm
1: i think I think one, and it depends on the situation because I think you can explain it scenarios to me because it's not like any bad situation that happens. You're always to blame. But I think there's a respectful way to separate out taking ownership of where you dropped the ball and what you learned from it and um, respectfully speaking to people who maybe you had disagreements with or maybe they dropped the ball and it negatively affected you. So I think it's the way that people, how they speak about, especially their managers, their peers, when they're not in the room, you know, because the way I view it is if you're going to talk so poorly about your previous manager, how are you going to talk about me when I'm not in the room? You know what I mean? So uh, that's something that's usually a red flag to me. But, um, but another like seemingly obvious one, which I say to people a lot, but especially in the business development space is stick it out at a company for at least six to nine months before you jump to the next thing if you're doing it voluntarily. Mm -hmm. Like I think, uh, obviously layoffs happen. That's out of your control. Family emergencies come up out of your control. That's, that's fine. I'm talking like you voluntarily leaving after three to six months, uh, because someone's offering you something shiny, you know, and you want to hop. I think you have to do your due diligence, give at least a year minimum, sometimes more, but, uh, you really have to show that you've mastered that role because for me, when I interview people who have under a year, especially under six months, my first thought is, and I may not even get to the point of an interview, I may get blocked ahead of them. But um, my first thought is, what if I invest my energy in you, and then you jump ship because something else shiny comes up? So I need a sense of loyalty that you'll at least stick it out for a year, two years, whatever. And then you know, I don't expect anyone to stay at one organization forever, but. Um I think, out of respect for the people that invested in you at least to get out year. You know what I mean?
0: yeah. Um, what and you answered my why I was I was going to dig into why and and I think that, to your point, showing loyalty, what what if what if you just don't get along with your manager? and it is just not a good fit. and it was just a scenario that was you know was totally unexpected and didn't Mm -hmm. align with the expectations and it's not a good situation you know and you're three months in four months in what do you what do you say to somebody who you know do you say continue to stick it out would do you advise to jump ship and like then plead your case in that next interview process like how do you go about I mean because obviously it's it's gonna be so different
1: yeah. I've run into this actually with a couple of people, um, to be honest with you, none of which I hired because mm. it's just a risk. Like mm. six months, maybe, I think six months I would have the conversation. I would hope that I don't mean to be naive because maybe I'm sure this happens, but I would hope that if you interviewed and were thorough in your interview, you would be able to understand, you know, who the manager, the manager you're signing up for. Granted, they change. I get that. Um, but my concern is when I speak to people and they tell me, The manager does this. I'm so upset about this. I'm only able to hear one side of the story. There's always two sides to a story and that's a risk for me. So it's my, I have to make a decision of, is it worth the risk Mm -hmm. to trust them? Someone who I don't really know, and they haven't really been at their role long enough to prove themselves. And so for me, it's a risk, but I have other candidates who are lower risk. So how can you convince me that it's worth taking the risk versus hiring someone who's been loyal has that track record. Um, so it's tough, but it's just a risk that you have to be willing to, to fight for and articulate well to the person you're interviewing with and not throw them down the bus or throw them you know, off the bus, say, Oh, they, you know, did X, Y, Z, but, um, just say what you learned from it. You have a better understanding of your values and the type of leader you, you want to have. Um, and just don't talk down, you know, about them.
0: And I, I, You bring up such good points and it's, it's good points coming from uh, somebody like yourself that is in that hiring position, right? As a hiring manager, these are the things that you're thinking about. And so for everybody listening and watching right now, um, and you're in that situation that can be tough, that can be tricky as much as you can. I think at, you know, to Rachel's point, it's so important to stick it out as best you can, in order, because these are the things that leaders are thinking about when they are interviewing candidates and, and potentially looking
1: at their resume, you may not even make it past that point. That's what I worry for yeah. people who just leave. Um, cause I know like our previous manager Phil, that that's a big thing he always instilled in me too. He's like, honestly, like think about people who were here under six months why did they leave? You know, what was your experience with, like with them? And I'm like, I can't really think of many people, but you know, it's just, there's usually more to the story that you don't fully know and it's not always bad, but it's a risk. Yeah. And so you have to decide, is it a risk that you want to take?
0: And sometimes you don't ever get the chance to tell that story and just to, to exactly, your point, yeah. you know, on paper, that's what it shows. And so best you can stick it out. You'll be better for it. If you can get through that, you can get through a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and so I, I think that's super valuable and very helpful, just come, especially coming from what, you know, your thought process and how you perceive these um, these topics and, and issues. And so, um, you know, especially with layoffs happening right now, the macro um, side of the the economic world that we're in is is tricky. Um, you know, there's a lot of people looking for jobs right now. And so I thought that it was a, an important topic to cover and so, thank you for your expertise in this, in this, uh, in this issue and kind of just switching gears here before we get into the final questions, Rachel, is when you just think about why you've had success throughout your career. Um, you know, I know that you're an avid podcast listener. I know that we had our book clubs at at Nintex, and you know, we were always doing role playing and challenging each other in, in different activities. Um Are there specific things and and maybe it's organizations that you've gone through? Maybe it's clubs that you've been a part of, maybe it's programs that you've launched or joined or courses you've gone through, but are there any like you know, maybe one or two specific things that you can think of that really enhanced your leadership, your business acumen, your sales and, and business development Um, in general, like any things that come to mind, like, you know, if uh, people are thinking about how to really take that next step to level up in their profession, in their career, whether it be in sales, business leadership, or anything else that they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think, for me, it's finding other people who do similar things, either to what I'm doing today or what I want to be doing. Um, and there's different platforms that I've found that help kind of orchestrate the networking um, and also like courses and stuff like that. But a big one for me the last two years has been Pavilion, which used to be called Revenue Collective. But for me, that was introduced from a prior mentor that I had, and it opened the door to a bunch of other people and or uh, all types of titles, marketing, sales, sales ops, revenue ops, and um, it's just a bunch of eager people who want to share ideas and help one another and ask questions and network and take courses and stuff. So that, for me, has been really beneficial from the courses that I've taken, has helped me up level, but the networking has been huge. I think it's been really refreshing to see how many people just want to share best practices and like speak the same language almost too. So even if you're trying to get into that field, you can reach out to people who are already in it and ask them, "How did you get in the door? What was that like for you?" And just don't be afraid to ask because in my experience, everyone has been so nice. Like nobody has uh, has told me no. And granted, you, you got to be flexible with their time and whatnot. But um, but I've had a great experience um, through that network and kind of that's branched out to a lot more networks. But um, in like the BDR SDR space, also going to like an leader.com. Uh, that's just, you know, dropping my name in there, getting access to that community. And again, everyone's so friendly, welcoming, and um, just making it a priority to block out time, meet with those people, nurture those relationships because you never know when you know you may have an ask for them or you may want something. So it goes both ways. It's a give and a take, but um just, yeah, getting in a room with a lot of sharp, like-minded people um, with a lot of help to
0: give. Gosh, there's so much uh, value to unpack in everything that you just said. And and for everybody <laughs> listening, first recap is pavilion is what it mm-hmm. is, what it's called. Right. And so that's for sales and business development, revenue leaders, um, yeah. leaders in general, just in, in business and they're
1: expanding. So it's primarily in like hyper growth companies. So any company where they're trying to accelerate growth and they want to bounce ideas off of like the infrastructure that you need to build that type of a company, regardless of the size. And um and anyone can join. It's uh like I can, you know, give people referrals, but you can apply on the website. Um, but it's just a really welcoming group. Like I've I've expanded my network significantly through that. Um, and just learned a lot through the courses. Like I recently did one on hiring and interviewing and uh, recruiting and learned a lot through that. So um, yeah, it's been a great resource.
0: There's so much learning right at the fingertips of committing to something. And, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it takes like for you, the, you know, the finding out about it, the the research about it, and then actually taking action to, you said you had to apply for it and then you go yeah. through Okay, so then applying for it, right? But just small steps to actually get into those room with like-minded individuals, I think, is you know such a huge step for um, really just getting around the ways that people in your um, space and people in your industry are thinking and mm-hmm. learning new perspectives about things that um, individuals are interested in, or their you know how others think about their careers that are in similar roles, and so I, I think that. Um, you know, and to your point, you just never know who you're going to meet, what conversation you're going to have and where that can take yeah. you and who else you can help. You know, you probably have yeah. helped a lot of people in those groups. And Yeah,
1: it's been fun, too, because the yeah. brainstorming, it's a little bit different than what you're used to. And it's led to I mean, you you mm-hmm. even introduced me to Oliver, who's at a startup. So that's like a whole new experience for me. But there's some overlap, but still so much to learn both ways, like from his his side that I can take pieces and implement and also to just make me a more well-rounded like you know have a well-rounded understanding of how businesses operate but um but yeah they just they start branching out the more you nurture the network you have it just will naturally start to expand
0: I I always remember Phil talking about learning how the business operates is is so Mm -hmm. big just for learning you know when you're when you're in business like knowing who does what how you can help other people, what's important to them, because you know when we work in these industries, we have external customers, obviously, but we also have internal customers, you know, and mm-hmm. so this is how you can connect with those other individuals and and learn how they think, learn what's important to them, and and ultimately be able to to help everybody and, and grow in those ways. So super yeah. cool. I've always appreciated how you um, you know, go out of your way and make it a priority. And the the other thing that you mentioned was, was time block, time blocking those activities and being very intentional with your time to actually make it happen because, you know, you're only going to get in what you put out obviously, but it it can be so easy to, to attend those things by time blocking and committing to it. It can be just easy not to do it by not Mm -hmm. time blocking. So, um, I appreciate that. Before we get into the final uh, questions here, I was going through my, my backpack the other day and <laughs> I found some very interesting uh, cards here. And so for, for those of you that are just listening, um, I have three note cards in my hand here. And this is a, an absolute throwback. Um, <laughs> I found one that is on the t- on the top. It says Earl Nightingale. 30 day goal.
1: Oh gosh.
0: I'll read it here. It says by February 6th, 2019, I became a sales development representative for Nintex with the quote, the time is now just do it. And then <laughs> on the back, I have like all my steps of things that I was committing to doing. It's uh six steps here. And I was calling it, calling it, the following is my plan and commitment to becoming an SDR by February 6, 2019. It just, it was, it was very timely. I was going through my backpack and found that <laughs> this week. And then I had another one here that was called book my first meeting. Love it. And it was this <laughs> <that> <laughs> signature I <signed>. and everything. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: oh. oh, it's, it just goes, um, you know, to, to, to show that, um, and you just never know what's going to happen with, with the, when you write things down. And, and I just thought it was timely to, yeah. to show that for the, for this episode. I feel
1: like you got to frame that at this point.
0: I know it's like so an I,
1: antique.
0: it's right, <laughs> the first, uh, the first contract that we ever got signed. That's framed. In
1: there.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, Rachel, um, let's go ahead and jump into the final four questions. It's, it's been great to, to have you on the show. And, um, the first question is it revolves around what is your favorite book, your favorite podcast, your favorite YouTube channel, however you go about learning, just, you know, any sort of resource or show that is, um, you know, that, that you enjoy and, and that you would like to share with the audience here.
1: I really had to narrow it down because there was a lot. <laughs> first YouTube. Actually, I think you were the one that might have introduced it to me. Yes. Theory. Was that you?
0: I mean i'm all about yes theory i know okay I know so they're
1: my that. number one got way more into it in the last like year just like sucked into the youtube black Why? hole what do you like also about wore it? the seek oh, discomfort let's today. Go.
0: for those <laughs> listening the funny
1: miles came down and he's like i got my new seek discomfort shirt and you have one too right <laughs> i've been wearing it
0: rachel's ho- holding her seek discomfort shirt up right now on yep. the on the on the video that is awesome Um, So I
1: love that. I mean, learning, but also just like learning, um, cultures and like pushing past things that you are uncomfortable with or outside your limits. So I think it translates well in a different way, but, um, but I love, I love that channel and their philosophy, um, in terms of podcasts, I wrote down a couple, some of them are, they're all kind of similar actually, but with different, um, different, uh, hosts. So, there's How I Built This and Wisdom from the Top with Guy Raz, basically just who, the founders of organizations, like big name companies, how they built it from the ground up. And then Wisdom from the Top is people who are uh, executives of those organizations now and just what their experience has been like and tips they have, especially during like economic downturn, that kind of thing. So those are super interesting. And then 9 to 5-ish by the skim, is very similar, but specifically focused on female founders. Mm-hmm. And so they interview people, same thing, um, their experience growing a business, challenges in their business during different um, parts. So that those ones I love. Um, I and mean, then last one is Rethink by Adam Grant, which is slightly different, but he goes over topics um, even in like goal setting, like just completely rethinking the idea of goal setting and the effectiveness of it. He's just a really brilliant person and, um, just makes me expand the way I think.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh, In terms of books, like sales work-wise, there's two that stand out how to win friends and influence people, uh, kind of like, it helps you be more empathetic and understanding of how you communicate with people in a way that's not selfish and, uh, kind of getting what you need in a way that will be effective <laughs> with the person that you're speaking to. It's a lot more to that, but that it was um, something that stood out to me. And I think actually our CEO at Nintex said was his favorite book and I would agree. I think it's really good. And then another sales book is the challenger sale. Um, another one that just makes you rethink things. Um, and then currently I'm reading completely different style of a book, but it's um, love that story by Jonathan Van Ness, which he's on, one of my favorite shows, Queer Eye. And I think it's important to mention though, because it's a different category of books, but it still helps me as a leader to be more understanding and, and like aware of things that are not closely tied to my day-to-day, like people who are having challenges in LGBTQ or LGBTQ plus uh, communities and stuff. So JVN basically goes through his challenges that he's experiencing and talks about some historical challenges that has happened in that community. So I think for me to be a better ally for my team, it's good to expand and get outside of just these you know nine to five-ish wisdom from the top. So I try to diversify and get you know my toes in a couple different areas.
0: Rachel, I really a- appreciate your approach to learning and understanding. And if there's a, a takeaway that I'm taking away, and I think the the audience can take away, it's that, you know, it, it, it's really important to, as you're alluding to be multifaceted and understand a, a variety of not only things and subjects and topics, but people mm-hmm. and right, like being able to connect with all the different individuals in Pavilion, having your wide array of things that you listen to, you read, you watch, you learn from, right. I think that, you know, it, it, in order, it enables you to be able to connect with people on, you know, deeper levels in, um, you know, a, a wide variety of different ways as well. And really helps with your, I would assume, you know, your understanding of people and your empathy for oh. people in other situations. And so, um, I, I, I really appreciate your, your approach to learning in that way um thank you for sharing those and next next question is favorite quote and I think I might have an idea
1: yeah you might
0: of, what this might be it I remember seeing your wallpaper and screensaver for uh two and a half years at Nintex yeah. maybe you got something different for us but go ahead and share I
1: don't <laughs> it's also on my LinkedIn uh yeah I, I saw it I think Ben who we used to work with had it on a slide don't know how much intention he put into it but it really resonated with me but um I think because of the experience I have but uh there's a better way to do it find it uh, by Albert Einstein and I think for me just like work-wise especially I'm just always trying to find a, a better way to do whatever it is we're doing there's always room for improvement from processes to talk tracks whatever it is so um I can only be satisfied for a brief moment before I'm already thinking, like, what other tweaks can we do? So yeah, that's my favorite quote.
0: Gosh, it's it's so applicable to everything that you do in life, right? Whether it's, um, you know, sales, business, making calls, talk tracks, whether it's planning your week, whether it's planning your year, whether it's having difficult conversations with um spouses or kids or friends mm-hmm. or it's taking out the trash and you want to be more effective with your time and um you know whatever true it may be.
1: Like, i am trying to recycle more so that yeah. is relevant
0: <laughs> yeah um ever we we had a a guest on on the show milan and and he was huge into sustainability and so you know i've done i've done the same and it's been a a very um intentional thing on on my end as well so love to hear that and um I will go ahead and jump into the uh, the third question here, bucket list item. I know that you are someone who loves to travel. I'm curious if it's going to involve travel or if it's going to involve, um, you know, something with experience and travel. But why don't you go ahead and give us one of your probably many bucket list items, Rachel?
1: Yeah. So I, my first thought was travel, which I will say, taking miles to Japan is still top travel for me. Okay, uh, I've been to Japan many times. He's never been, but my mom's entire side of the family is there. So that's definitely top travel. But I try to think outside of the box because I also thought travel would be the obvious answer.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I think at some point I want to do some kind of creative side hustle. I don't know what it is yet, but I have friends that go to like pop-up markets and stuff and it just looks fun. Like not even yeah. for the financial um, aspect of it, but just to like make things and like have the satisfaction of someone wanting to buy it, whether it's like, I don't know, like candles, so, something like that. You've I have no idea.
0: Candles. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought it was you used to do your candles and you I have haven't mastered it yet.
1: though. So, so I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I would have to find something, but uh, I do feel like at some point that's in my, my future of Just doing something for fun
0: on the side. I love it. Just expanding the creative side of the brain. Um, For those listening, you know, I I know Rachel that you have been into making candles before, and you have um, um, a—I don't even know what you call it—other than a desire, a a burning passion for plants, and you have a very creative eye for design. And so, you know, just right in line with being uh, well-rounded, multifaceted. It's just, it, that's an awesome, awesome answer, and I I love to hear it. Um, yeah, thank you. Last last question that we have for you, Rach, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go here. Is looking looking down the road, right? Sixty-five-year-old um, Rachel is looking at you today. Um, you know what? What is sixty-five-year-old Rachel? going to say to you? And that can be with however you interpret that, whether it's career, whether it's leadership, whether it's just you as an individual, what what would 65-year-old Rachel say to you right now?
1: So the first thing that came to mind was actually something that my grandma had said to me before she passed away. I asked her, like, what are some of your biggest regrets in life? And she said that she wishes she didn't invest so much time and energy and people that she felt like the obligation to or um, people who like drained energy and like kind of didn't ignite her soul and she felt obligated to spend time with those people and so I've intentionally made more of an effort in the recent years to spend time with people who fuel, you know, my creative side or my, like, want my desire to be a leader. So I'm, I'm very intentional about stuff like that. So I think that my future self would remind me like, hey, take moments in time to reevaluate and are the people and the activities that you do that you surround yourself with every day, fueling you and not draining you and setting yourself up, you know, for your future self to be as successful as you can.
0: I, I really appreciate that. And I think that there's so much to learn from, you know, people in our lives that have been through life experiences and, you know, people that, you know, have so much wisdom to share. And, and so, you know, and it's, I, I, your focus is what I appreciate about your, what you have done with that is it's not that you're cutting people out, necessarily right and it's not that you're just cutting people off and and the people that you're not getting energy from getting but it's a more of a focus on investing time with the people that do light you up and the people that you also help light up and inspire right Mm -hmm. and you know inherently there will be less time spent with the you know other individuals Um, but that's not like the immediate focus whereas the immediate focus what it sounds like is you know you're really intentional on spending time and investing time with people that are are really lighting your fire and
1: yeah and prioritizing you
0: yeah so very cool well Rachel it's been wonderful to have you on the show it's it's been even more wonderful to have you as a friend to have worked alongside you technically worked for you and <laughs> you have when i and i mean this full heartedly when i say that I would not be standing in the position that I am today without having your mentor mentorship. And, and also just belief in me, because, you know, Rachel, she mentioned it at the beginning of the show is that, you know, she, I, I probably got um, maybe like a quarterly text from Rachel <laughs> uh, at least for two years to come over to Nintex. And it wasn't until the timing was right that I said, Rachel, I think, I think the time is now. So then we reached out. It was her persistence and, and pleasant persistence to
1: pleasant
0: persistence. <laughs> get me to come to at least have a conversation and, and true to what we discussed earlier. You never know where that conversation could lead. And here we are today. And so I just want to thank you for everything. It's been awesome to see your growth and your development and, and where you're at and the people that you're helping and serving today, Rachel. So, so thank you for coming on the show.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Likewise. I think, yeah, my, my career has significantly changed since working with you. I think you are one of those people who just energize me. You always have such high energy and you bring so much positivity to everyone that you uh, connect with. So yeah, I'm grateful for your friendship and the ch- that we had the chance to finally work together.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you don't miss me sitting directly next to you, tapping you on the shoulder every 20 minutes saying, Rachel, what do I do here? What do I do there? So it's a little bit
1: quieter now but yeah. it's okay. Now I miss those days. <laughs>
0: yeah, too. I th- I think um a lot of people miss the I think that there's a lot to miss of of being in the office and being around people that are doing similar things to you because I think that there's a lot of energy, a lot of positive energy to be had um for that office and so you know I I know that you're intentional about staying around people. I know that I'm intentional about like trying to find community and so i think that's a a great last point there to um to end on so well rachel thanks for coming on the show and appreciate everything and, and we'll talk to you soon
1: sounds good thank you
0: all right thanks for tuning in to another episode of the seeds of success podcast I hope you found this to be valuable and enjoyable with some actionable takeaways that you can implement into your daily life starting right now. If you did enjoy this episode, can you please do me a huge favor and share it with one friend? Just one friend is all that I ask. And if you could please leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at coolin 2322 That's coolin with two O's. And you can follow me on YouTube by searching my name, or you can click the link in the show notes below. As always, ladies and gentlemen, keep planting, keep harvesting, keep sowing seeds with positive energy one day at a time, and I will see you on the next episode.